Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Tomorrow is a football Friday, which is presented by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. In fact, uh, on a football Friday coming up tomorrow, Ben, uh, we're gonna we're gonna dip into the well over there at K, uh, kslsports.com a little bit yeah. in our eleven o'clock hour. We're excited about it. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, Mitch Harper who covers BYU on for part of the segment, and we're gonna have Trevor Allen who yep. covers Utah on for part. So we'll we'll make sure everybody's adequately prepared going into the college football weekend. Get a little two game preview. Should be fun, and it's gonna be a great weekend. This is gonna be fun. Hey, Dorian Thompson Robinson sounds like he's back and uh, throwing at practice at UCLA. So it sounds like he will be a go on Saturday up at Rice Eccles. The only way they have a chance, Ben. So, Correct. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. It's the only way they have a chance. He's a good player, and UCLA is inconsistent with him. So right, yeah. But they almost beat Oregon. So, you know, what a wild game that was. Yeah. And we'll uh, usually at 11:30 we do our uh, top three stories at kslsports.com. We will get back to that uh, coming up tomorrow. But we had to move Coach Lacombe around a little bit today. Fun to talk to uh, Coach Tim Lacombe. All right. In fact. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. He is my co-host for Jazz Pre and uh, Half and Post Game Coverage. He's our friend, Coach Tim Lacombe. What's going on, Tim? What's going on, gentlemen? Hi, right, Coach. Um, my first, my first uh, trip to the... Jake and Ben hour or two hours. So I'm excited about this. No, we're excited to have, yeah, we're excited to have you, Tim, because you, uh, you're great on pre half and post and, uh, you're a mover and shaker around here, so it makes Ben and I feel important simply by associating with. Well, he's you. got the staff card. Yeah, he you does and have, I have the media, staff you card. And I have oh. me, you and I have media credentials. Somehow, Coach Tim Lacombe has a staff credential, which gets him into all sorts of VIP areas that we're not allowed. Do you go to? Do you get to go to the club, Tim? Yeah, the dance club after the game has been really cool. Um, I tend to fit that in in my my hour and a half, you know, post game duties. So what's just try the, to slide down there while the guys are talking. Yeah, what's the locker room like at halftime? Um, yeah, I was surprised by the disco ball. Wasn't expecting yeah. that. Um, yeah, but no, I, I that's been the running joke. Is somehow I ended up with a, a more meaningful pass, which would be the first time ever. Um, but I'm going to run with it. All right, Tim, give us uh, give us kind of your impressions so far with the Jazz on kind of a macro level. What have you seen? Well, I've seen um I've seen a whole lot of improvement, you know, in areas. I think we've talked about it a lot and Jake, you and I we have a lot of hours to talk, right? Um but I think it's it's pretty evident that um you know, the Jazz have had a good start to the season uh without really having shot the ball well, and that's a really good sign. Um, you know, I think defense has, de- has been a, a hot topic. I think individual defense has been a hot topic. Uh, the idea of guarding your yard. Uh, you know, the other night I saw we saw Aaron Gordon kind of have some success, and the game plan really was pretty pretty simple. It was space them space out, find you know an advantage, and they they picked Bojan to kind of pick on. Um, but you know, I, I like the way the Jazz dealt with it, and they they, they as the game went on. They made some moves. I thought Pascal was really good individually, defensively. So I, I just think those are areas that I'm sensing some some real um, energy and improvement around. Not again, not that this was a bad defensive team, but I think they 
the, the knock on them is when teams spread them out and drove them, that's where they were really susceptible. And so certainly some areas that I think I, I see some some positive things coming out of the season thus far. Coach, do we know yet if Hassan Whiteside's an upgrade over Derek Favors and whether or not the Jazz backup forward position can be an upgrade over George Niang? Uh, still obviously early, but I think by just virtue of fit, Ben, like I, I said this from the beginning, uh, you know, before Whiteside did anything, I just think the, his ability to impact the game in a similar way, not the exact same way because nobody does with Rudy, but um, by that I mean ball screens, you can guard them similarly, and it's just better for the guards to understand, hey, either way, whoever's out there, we're going to do it this way. And uh, and then Whiteside can be effective there. He, he's, you know, his first possession, he blocked two shots. You know, he's been uh, great on the glass. I think that's been a real positive thing that he and Rudy combined have just owned the glass. Um, and, and, yeah, I think with, with Hassan a little bit offensively, what you get is what you get. But I think the the more important number to watch in, in his 15, 16 minutes on the floor nightly is what's that plus minus look like? And it's not all on him. Uh, but we just know that favors really, when he went in, teams kind of started to really attack the paint and, and it caused – uh, you know, it wasn't all favors, but it just caused way more pressure on the perimeter guys and at the rim. So I feel like Whiteside, in my mind, is is going to be uh, an improvement there. And then, you know, what you're talking about, I think George did a lot of th- great things. You know, George Niang was was one of those guys that just got better year in and year out. Um, but there was a lot of, of repetitive uh, skill set there, you know, duplicity where he was he was a, a very good spacer shooter, um, okay off the bounce and struggled to guard uh, and not much of a huge uh, boon on the glass. And I think you know Pascal and you start talking about a guy like Rudy Gay, you know which we haven't seen yet. I think those will be areas that I feel like the Jazz got more deep, more flexible, and you know ultimately I think they'll be more uh, effective because of the roster makeup. In my conversations with both of you, I don't think we've talked about Mike Conley enough. He's been really good no, so far. Yeah, Mike's been – he's been so good. And I, I think it's just because, obviously, other than the first year, I mean, that's really what Mike's been his entire career. He struggled making an adjustment the first year here, but had an awesome year last year, rewarded rightfully so with the All-Star team. But I think he started out the season great. Um, has a little pep in his step has great energy and you just cannot, you just cannot drop on a board. Um, I, one of the great Ray Giacoletti moments in a timeout when I was starting with him, one of my responsibilities was to always locate the whiteboard and get it to him at timeout so we could draw a play. And I handed him the play, the whiteboard and he said, you know, I don't need a play. I need a player. Draw me up a player. Um, and unfortunately I couldn't do that, but in, in Mike's instance, what a player he is, and, and I agree, Jake, he's gotten off to a great start in, in all facets. Uh, looking at his game log so far, I kind of thought early in the season he was going to lose some minutes for Jared Butler. At least that was the way it looked like it was trending. He only played 25 minutes against Oklahoma City, uh, so the Jazz could get Butler on the floor. Then again, the Jazz were blowing OKC out. You didn't need Mike Conley to play 30, 35 minutes. Uh what do you do with Jared Butler? We saw Quinn Snyder try to go to him again in the second quarter in the last game. 
how long do you try and carve minutes out for him? Is that something if it doesn't improve, you know, quickly, do you keep going to it, or or does this have to be a season long experiment? I think it's it's definitely something that the Jazz want to explore. Would be my guess. I mean, I think wear and tear on Mike, um, but but at the same time, you know, to in order to play Jared right now, you know, whose minutes. Who, who take where do those minutes come from? And right now it's Mike and Donovan, I would imagine. Um, you know, Joe. So you've got a lot of really known commodities that are, are playing well. And so I think more to what your your point, Ben. I think it's more of a a season long exercise to figure out the best role. And that's typically what happens when you get new guys. Um, you know, whether it be by acquisition or or by a free agent pickup or by a, a draft. I think regardless, and I, and I know Butler's a popular guy already here because of his preseason, but David Locke made a point yesterday on his show, uh, on his podcast, and I thought it was really it was really perfect. He said, you know, right now he's got to figure out a way to, you know, garner minutes, and, um, and the minutes he gets he's just got to do the very best he can with. But I, I do think it will be more of a, an exercise over time to figure out the very best um, you know, optimized lineup, utilizing everybody's strengths. Denver was forced to go small in the second half the other night. How do you think the Jazz handled that? I, I thought handled it pretty well. I mean, it's it's going to be a an age old issue, um, but again, I think it speaks to where the what the Jazz did in the off season. They gave themselves a little bit more um, ammunition when it comes to smaller lineups. And teams switching them, I think, you know, for them to be able to adjust, you know, like they have a couple games on the fly to different situations. Um, you know, I feel like they're getting better against the switch. I know they they put some things in. Joe Ingles had mentioned they put some things in and ran them prior to really even working on them a whole lot. So the one thing you can count on with Coach Snyder, he's going to have his guys prepared. Um, you know, smaller lineup last year, was really a tough thing for the Jazz, particularly late in the season against the Clippers. And so you've got to believe that there was a lot of time spent there, a lot of whiteboarding, a lot of, of scheming. And so that coupled, you know, that effort coupled with the, the new features of, of the roster, certainly you, your fingers are crossed that uh, it won't be as big a, a difficult, you know, situation when, those, when they do arise. Do you believe in trap games? Uh, Jazz have two really big games coming up Saturday and Sunday against the undefeated Bulls and the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. You're going up against this young Rockets team who's basically been blown out of every game other than their win over the Thunder, who might be the worst team in basketball. Uh, is this a potential trap game, or should this be one the Jazz handle easily? Um, I, I do believe in trap games. I, I coached for way too long not to. And human nature's um, certainly something that's been studied in we tend to, uh, you know, sometimes lose sight of what's right in front of us for bigger, grander things. Um, I, I don't think that Houston, while they have some young talent, I just don't think that they have uh, the ability, you know, face face to face to to beat the Jazz tonight. But crazier things have happened. I mean, we were talking about an Oklahoma City team that may not win a game, um, and they beat the Lakers last night. Certainly saw this this week, the, the very trap situation you're talking about with Cleveland going in prior to to Denver coming here and you would have to I'd have to believe the way Denver played in, in here the first half particularly that that was what that was was a trap game so 
I, I don't know how you best prepare for it. I think the one thing you've got to have is a veteran group, which the Jazz do have. Really great coaching and organizational understanding, which it's, which the Jazz do have. Um, but my guess is they'll probably lose a game somewhere along the line this year. They shouldn't, but I don't think that'll be tonight. All right, I, I'm going to ask this question to both of you. All right, just I, I feel like this says a lot about somebody. The answer to this question. We'll start with you, Ben, and then we'll mm. go Coach Lacombe. Okay. Who is the best? I feel like I'm being judged already. Who is the best front man in rock and roll history? Mick Jagger. Mick, not even right. close. That's a great answer, Tim. Front man in rock and roll history. I, again, you know, you've got to have. Uh, I, I'm going to say, I do have tickets to to the Stones next weekend. Can I come? Uh, do you have an Vegas. extra? <laughs> I do, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Um, I'm going to go with with uh, with Robert Plant. Okay. It's Zeppelin. Yeah. See, I would have gone. I, I, my answer is always Morrison with the Doors. I feel like we're all. You guys are kind of going Sandy Koufax. You guys are going short, but, uh, but a high, high peak. But impactful. And I'm yeah, going yeah. John Stockton. I'm going Mick Jagger. I'm going Nolan Ryan. Yeah, but I feel like they're all justifiable time. answers. And I don't, it's not that I don't love Mick Jagger. I just, I think, you know, I think I could possibly get up there, put a wig on, lose. 45 pounds and I might be able to recreate what he does. I don't know that I could put on a long way and be Robert Plant, but that's just me. I don't know. Uh, Coach, I will see you tonight. Uh, pre-game starting at 5 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Ben's got some Ben's got some real street swag to him. He's kind of Jagger-esque. He does have so, a little Jagger. you got to be a little awkward, but you can't be embarrassed by dancing, and that's how you but turn you, into Mick Jagger. But do you wear your sunglasses? I wear my sunglasses at night sometimes in the broadcast area there. Coach, coach did that after the Denver game. Oh, as, really? we're, as we're picking up to leave, we're going home. It's like it's like past midnight, and, and Tim throws on his shades. He's like, "I'm ready. I'm ready to go." Yeah, yeah I figure I go outside with shades on. People think I'm a half crazy and won't mess with me. Yeah, That's kind of part of it. Corey Hart, which yeah. I am half crazy. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Tim. You're the best. Thank you, guys. See you, Love buddy. your show. See you, Coach. Bye. That's our friend, Coach Tim Lacombe. You I heard. only just met him recently for the first time because we did what? opposites. Well, we did pregame shows. We'd yeah. rotate. And, and so I was just never in the building when he was here. You know, I, well, I was in the building, but I, was I sit in a different here. area. I was yeah. doing different media stuff. Uh, so I just never met him before. Oh, dude, he's the He's really cool. Oh, he's amazing. Fun. Have you heard his Rick Majerus impression? No. Oh. I'll have to hear it. There's a lot of funny stories. Well, yeah, you need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, you need to hear it. All right, stay tuned. We'll wrap up Jake and Ben, get you ready for Hanson Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.